squeaky chair. Oh, did you already press record? Yeah, I did. Oh. We're going. We're live. We're not well, live, but we're hot mic. Are you, yeah, you're going to get done with moving that around? No. Scoogling that? Can you hear me all right? Is it too far? Uh, it could be a little closer. Hey, what's up? Oh, no, you're still going. I want to do this a little bit real quick. We are having technical difficulties. We've had technical difficulties for the past hour and a half. We've had technical difficulties our whole lives. Oh, my goodness. We've finally started. We're finally here. We've settled in. We're finally doing the podcast. I feel like an NPR host because I'm sitting in a comfortable, practical chair, and my microphone is on a stand. For once, um, I think this is what it feels like to be celebrity. This is what it feels like? Mm-hmm. Gray is sitting across from me using yes. the normal USB mic, and he currently has a cowboy hat set <laughs> sideways atop his headphones. Not correctly, because it won't... Get, well, my plan the whole time we were setting up was to wear my cowboy hat to make me have the energy that I need to be a good podcast boy. <laughs> mm, didn't like that. Podcast man. I'm an adult <laughs> adult man. And then the headphones I'm using are fancy, schmancy, and they are too big, and so my cowboy hat will not sit atop of my head correctly, so I must do it sideways. The only solution. The only solution. What am I going to do without my lucky cowboy hat? Yeah. Our audio setup is a little different today. We're back at our parents' house, and our audio engineer father has just spent the past hour and a half. Hef? What? An hour, hour and, and a half. half trying to get us set up, and you can tell I'm tired. I've got my little sleepy voice on. It is... Midnight 22. This is the beginning of my day for me. Yep. Gray is just getting warmed up. Just getting up, just getting going. Your cat is also in the room with us and trying to escape mm-hmm. the So room. he might make some audio sounds, as some all sounds audio, are. Audio things. Some audio mistakes. Mm-hmm. Oh, don't know if you could hear that on oh. the recording, but um, dang, he wants to get out. He wants out of this room so dang bad. He's but... such a drama king. <sighs> He's been sitting in here all day happily, and as soon as I close the door, he's like, no, this is terrible, and you're torturing me, and I have to leave. But I have to leave right now. The other cat is out, and they do not get along, so they have to stay separated. They really will fight each other. They really will stare at each other angrily from across the room. But it's upsetting. <laughs> anyway. Hi, I'm Gray. And I'm Marcy. And I'm a writer. And I'm a reader. This is... Bookends. A literary podcast. Where we talk about... Books. <laughs> I hope you could hear his little. Meow, meow. I think you can. Because if you can't, that. Oh, what well, wasn't anything that I just said? Yeah, his little meow meow. Come here, come here, goose. Oh, he's interested. Come here, baby. Come make noises. Come, no, come to me. I have a better mic that can reach you. No, come here. Come here. No, come to me. No, come to me. No, he's walking past me. He's gonna lay down. Yeah. Okay. He's gonna get settled. At least he stopped pawing at the door. That's true. So, how are you, Marcy? How are how are we? What are we doing? What's up? What's We've been this? together all day. That's true. So you know how I am. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I am just good. Asked to be polite. I am tired. We drove down yesterday. Um, we got in late. We didn't get in until about midnight, and then we had to be up and have the car returned by nine a.m. at the airport. So. <laughs> the cat is chewing on the bottom of the microphone stand can definitely hear it. Yeah, you can definitely super hear, hear that, that one. chewing on it. It's okay. This will be a cat-heavy episode. It's going to be a lot of chair creaking as I lean over to try and get your cat to stop deter it. him from chewing on things. Chomp, <laughs> chomp, 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 chomp. That is the sound of him testing to see if he can eat it. He can't, but he wants to know He's for just sure. just curious. Just making sure. You never know. It might be one of those shows where they make 
um, everything edible, but you have to just try. Like is, it looks like furniture, but it's Is there a edible. show like that? I don't know. You said one of those shows, like there's more than one. Might be more than one. Like it's a common premise for a show. I've just seen gifts of people eating what look to be shoes. That's But upsetting. then they like are chocolate actually. Oh. I don't know if it's just the one show. Okay. Anyway, what are we doing? Can we talk about books? Yeah, please. Can we talk about I'd books? I'd love to talk about a book. Pretty please. Do you, oh, you want me to do it? Well, I mean, what are we talking about? Okay. In, oh, okay. In, wow. With books. Glad you asked. We're talking about uh, our theme this month, this weird month, is enemies to friends to lovers, which I've extended to mean enemies or rivals to friends to lovers. So I just want to just talk a little bit, have some trope talk, talk about what that means, talk about why we chose it, talk about its appeal, and then I've rated a few of my favorite EFL ships. Um, I made my own rating system, mm. devised my own rating system for them, and we're going to talk about it. Good. So, hold on. <laughs> I think you just had a costume change. I did have a costume change. He just took the little stand off his mic. He took his little hat off. Yes. He sat up straight. I'm getting He's ready. ready. I'm ready to talk about... For the performance of a lifetime. I'm ready to talk to you. I am talking to you, the audience, about enemies to friends to lovers. So... There's a little there. I'll get into the nuances of it, but enemies to lovers, just that, is a common trope in both literature and fan fiction, where oh, yeah. two characters have a long history of conflict with each other. So they may be on the opposite sides of a struggle, or they may have just met under unfortunate circumstances, and the personalities clashed. For some reason, they don't like each other. So there's often a lot of bickering and unresolved sexual tension. Um, but there are some differences. I can't do it. I can't do it. <laughs> I was trying so hard to be professional, but Zeus is now trying and actively succeeding and using his litter box. And it's so much louder than I thought it would be. He makes so much noise. He really digs around. <laughs> Are you done? I just want to talk about gay people. Zeus just wants to urinate. That's all he wants. I know. Now he's got to bury it. Hold on. I see so destructive, but only when we... Uh-huh. This is the worst audio experience <laughs> anyone could have. This is the worst episode. You done? All right, continue. So, there's a difference between enemies to lovers and enemies to friends to lovers. And there's also... Zeus, I swear to God. And there's also a difference between rivals to lovers and rivals to friends to lovers. Here is why those things are different. So enemies to friends to lovers, two people on opposite sides of a war or a conflict or they feud, they fall in love and work together to end the conflict. Rivals to friends to lovers, there is no war or battle or feud. They just straight up hate each other <laughs> for whatever reason. Okay. Um, usually less serious because it's mm -hmm. petty reasons that they hate each other as opposed to like, eh, you're the enemy. Blah. However, the difference between enemies to friends to lovers and enemies to lovers or just switching rivals and there is that enemies to lovers skips the like begrudgingly mutual respect and the like oh you're kind of not that bad and whatever and just you just straight to romance mm -hmm. and having sex i personally prefer the friends in there but i don't i don't mind to no friends i tend to group efl like i i tend to group enemies and rivals together because to me it is about the antagonistic relationship that they have mm -hmm. to have at the beginning it doesn't matter how serious of an antagonistic relationship, mm -hmm. but I want there to be like some conflict there. So I'm in love with this trope. I think every ship I have ever <laughs> shipped 
genuinely, almost mm-hmm. everything, has fallen under this in some way. Yeah. And I often ask myself, Gray, why? What is, what is the appeal to you? Why is it so compelling? The answer is Persebeth. Because oh, yeah. I read Rizzy Jackson when I was 10. And it was my first experience with romance. Mm-hmm. And it made such an impression on little baby me that I think I just modeled everything after Persebeth. Mm-hmm. Everything after Everything forever. is now trying to get back to how Persebeth felt that first time. Yes, exactly. Yeah. The comfort that I found in Persebeth. Mm-hmm. So basically every ship I've ever shipped is EFL. I will gravitate towards it. I it's I can't resist. I can't resist it. Yeah. So I have listed some things, some qualities that I think are required in an EFL ship to make it good. I have I I have five ways that I will rate some of these ships for you, similar to how we have six ratings for a book. <laughs> as you may have noticed. The first one is angst. Essential. I would like to be hurt. The second one is slow burn. If they immediately ha- this is why I don't like the right to lovers because I want it to hurt slowly. <laughs> I want them to brush pinkies and it be a whole thing. Yeah. Number three is mutual respect. If they don't respect each other, I don't want it. That gets too close to an unhealthy power dynamic. Mm-hmm. I don't want that. They have to be even begrudgingly be like, you're good at what you do. Yeah, like you are my equal. You are my equal. It is about the equal. Yeah. It is about to the equal. Okay. Number four is pining. Which kind of goes with slow burn. It's not always the same. But it's not always the same. And number five is opposites attract, period. I've never seen an EFL that didn't have opposite dynamics. I just want you to know this whole time, all I think of is Zutara. Yeah, yeah, I was thinking about putting Zutara on the list, and I didn't because I watched Avatar the first time when I was too young to have Mm -hmm. a concept of shipping. Yeah. Um, It must have been like nine just just barely missed it. And then when I rewatched it later, I was like a gay person. And so I was like, why would I ship Zuko with a woman? He's a gay man. Yeah. You know, like my brain was like, hey, that's a gay that's a gay guy. So I never had any interest in Zutara, mm-hmm. but I understand why people do. Yeah. So I didn't include it because I didn't feel it would be right for me to judge it since I don't know mm-hmm. a lot of and it's not one of my things. Yeah. But I did think about it. It was that. never my thing either. I just know Yeah, you just know it's like it. the it's a good example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, also on my Google Doc about this, I want you to know I have a meme someone made. I'm, I don't know where it came from. I'm so sorry. But it's that dude from Parks and Rec where he's holding his little hand up mm-hmm. and he goes, it's about the blank. And they have for this, they have said, it's about the progressive construction of trust and respect through tender gestures. And <laughs> I think that really sums it up. So yes. we're getting into, into ratings. For Persebeth, I gave angst a 3.5. Yeah, it's not that angsty. It's not that angsty, which is fine. And they like get 12. over the angst. They get over the angst pretty quick. Pretty quickly, yeah. So the they move to the. They spend most of time in their friendship. Yeah. yeah, they they don't stay rivals for long. Mm-hmm. So I, I gave angst a three point five. It's still a little there, mm-hmm. especially at the beginning. But you know they get over it. For slow burn, I gave a five. I mean, yeah. Solid, slowed burn. As it should be. As it should be. Based on both the good qualities of of an EFL and also on the ages of the characters. Oh, absolutely! I remember reading through the books. Specifically searching for the moments with them when oh I was God. like 11. I definitely like, did that. I just want them interacting. Yeah. Mutual respect is also a solid five. Yes. No questions asked. Easily. Pining is also a five. There's a lot. The pining. And maybe I, I haven't read the books in a really long time. <laughs> but I remember 
that so much. It's possible I made that up a little bit, that I exaggerate a little bit from reading fan fiction consistently. Yeah. A lot of them from Annabeth's point of view because I was always like, ooh, what's she mm-hmm. up to? Um, but Pining is definitely five. Opposites Attract is a four. Here's why it's not a total five. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I Now that I'm thinking about it, I don't know how to reason it just felt right. They're just not complete opposites. Yeah. They still have some stuff in common. <laughs> Shut up. Yes. <laughs> Whatever. So the total is a 4.5. Yeah. Which is really good. That's excellent. So they're an excellent EFL or RFL or whatever ship. I just want to say live on the pod. Yeah. That every man I've ever been attracted to has been modeled after Percy Jackson. I understand you and I understand that. And looking at your mm-hmm. history of boys you dated, <laughs> I agree with that statement. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, including your current boyfriend a little bit. Yeah, the no, no one is exactly a Percy. No. But he and the crush that I had on him as a middle schooler yeah. shaped me. Yeah, that makes sense. So so the next ship we're doing is, I don't know what their ship name is, but it's Henry and Alex from Red, White, and World Blue. I love that. I tried also, I know they're so good. I tried also to keep ships that Marcy, you have an understanding of. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a few down you. here that you're going to be like, uh, hello. <laughs> but uh, that was inevitable. So for Henry and Alex, I gave their angst a 3.5 also. They don't, that book is so sweet and fun. Yeah. There's not a whole lot of angst. And the angst that's there isn't necessarily about them. There are some moments. Yeah. It has its moments. Which is why it's a 3.5. Yeah. But it is not the angstiest. Mm -hmm. Sloper and I also gave it 3.5 actually. Really? They get together pretty early. Oh, wait. Yeah. Sorry. I flipped it in my head. What oh, I meant. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. Yeah, they, they do gave... get, they spend most of the book together. Yeah. And it's them working through their relationship, yeah. which is still beautiful and lovely. And I loved yeah. all of it. Oh, my God. But it was not a like, the climax of the book wasn't them kissing. No. You know what I mean? Um, mutual respect. I gave a four. Sorry. I looked at the wrong ship and I thought I put a three for mutual respect. And I was going to be like, hold on a minute. <laughs> no. Um, I gave a four. Not as intense as, not that they don't have mutual respect for each other yeah but like percy and annabeth would literally like they would trust each other with their literal lives yes all the time and do and do there's something about a near-death situation that that um, requires that to be more intense (laughs) so the mutual respect there is for pining is unfortunately 3.5 yeah because they do spend a lot of time there's a lot of pining i think off page Mm -hmm. especially in um henry's yeah little mind but we don't get it on page. So even though I, I, I know it's there, we don't read it. It's not as juicy. It's not as juicy. But Opposites Attract it. is like a five for Yeah, me. absolutely. So that's where that one really gets its, 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 its good its good juice. <laughs> I hate that I said that. God. So for in total, that's a 3.9. Just shy of a four. So that's really good. Mm-hmm. Marcy, have you read Carry On? No. Okay, it's I didn't on the think list you had. Of things. Just I haven't gotten have around to it yet. an unpopular opinion. Oh. I don't like that book. Ooh, really? Well, I it. here's my reason. I understand what it was trying to do. It's ob- it the the joke is it's a fake Harry Potter, mm-hmm. but it's gay. Mm-hmm. The joke is it's, or maybe that it's the fan fiction that the girl writes in Fangirl. I I read Fangirl bef- way before Carry On was a thing. Yeah. And I and I liked that one. Yeah. So it's not that I don't like Rainbow Rolling. Rowling. Oh my god! I just. <laughs> called her Rowell. rolling what <laughs> i'm so sorry it's it's not that i don't like the writing it's that i wanted carry on to either be more serious or more campy mm, like and it was solidly pick a side yeah and it was not it was just in the middle and i wanted it because if, if it was gonna be like silly and campy make it silly and campy just go with it you know um yeah. but don't feed it to me like it's serious yeah. you know 
And so I didn't love that book. I also didn't love the main characters, uh, the fake dreary, but I tried to rate them because it is basically the only gay traditionally published book other than Red, White, and Royal Blue. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to do mostly books because otherwise it's just going to be anime. (laughs) It's just going to be non-canon ships, and I didn't want to do that to you. So we're going to rate that. Angsty gave a four. There's a little bit more like, we can't love each other. Um, Slow Burn I gave a four. They don't kiss, I think, in the, that book for quite a while. Mutual Respect, I gave a 3.5. Hmm. I don't remember. I read this book a long time ago, and so maybe I would change my opinion if it were more recent. But I, I remember not feeling like that super, like, I would trust you with everything vibe, mm-hmm. which I require. Pining is also just a four. Definitely more from Baz than Simon. Uh, Baz is the faked, the fake Draco. Mm. He's also a vampire or something. Mm, okay. Anyway. Uh, you know, I said I knew what Carry On was. I don't. I, you don't think, think you know I what knew Carry On is? Carry On. Yeah, it is. It is <laughs> fake Harry Potter is a mild way of putting it. I've, it I've cobbled a, a picture together from what yes. you've just said. Yes. Um, yeah. Opposites attract is a four. Also, they're pretty opposites. Uh, not not enough. I'd I'd want more, but um, enough. So a three point nine. Our next one. I'm sorry. Oh, no. It's Voltron. <sighs> it's Lance and Keith. Oh, my God. This is the only non-canon thing on here. And it's because I can't talk about rivals and enemies to friends to lovers without talking about Clance. I'm sorry to the people in the audience that don't know what this is. Don't look it up. It's a <laughs> rabbit hole. I can't even talk about it without it getting up. angry. I was into them so intensely because they had everything you need for a good rivals to friends to lovers. However, I'm not rate. This would just straight up be a five in every category, except for the fact that none of it was canon because they ruined the show. And so I'm basing some of it off of fan fiction and the potential as opposed to what's actually there Mm -hmm. because it's a non-canon ship as opposed to the other ones, which are canon. And so that's why my ratings are not um, just like a zero because if it was canon, it would be like, well, zero because they're not romantically involved. You know what I mean? Angst is a four. They're relatively angsty in the team, in the, in the, if you actually tried to give them personalities in the show and like let them deal with the traumatic things that happen to them. Slowburn is also a four. This is a little harder because it depends on what you're reading because it is fan fiction. Mm-hmm. But the potential for Slowburn is incredible. <laughs> Mutual respect is also a four. In my perfect world, it's a five. But people don't like to be the way that I wish that they were. Oh my God. Pining is a five. Don't talk to me. Okay. Pining is a five. All right. This means nothing to you, Marcy. This no. is all for me. I've seen like two episodes of Ultron. Why have you seen two episodes of ago. Ultron? You made me watch them. Why did I make you do that? I don't know. I was not into it. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> I, I used to watch nice. it with our little sister. Yeah. We did that together. Opposites Attract is a solid five. The reason that they kill me, even though I hate everything ever, is because the Opposites Attract is so intense and mm. it is like that dynamic. That character dynamic is, I've been chasing it ever since. And I'm mad about it because I literally look for it in everything. I'm like, give that to me, but good. It's exact same thing. Give me this exact same thing, but good. I want it now. So that's a 4.4. And our final one, we're actually getting some lesbians because of misogyny and stuff in the world. There's not a lot of lesbian ships. There really aren't. There really, I, I scoured AO3's 
and meets friends to lovers tag looking for ships that were popular and that I knew that I won knew about two were popular enough to talk about and three that you would kind of know mm-hmm. none of them were were lesbians <sighs> they're all just gay men and um Raylo that was it so anyway we're gonna do Killing Eve oh my gosh yeah which which the ship is Villanelle and Eve or Villain Eve mm-hmm. um which I don't actually like know anything concretely about do you want a plot show? summary no I kind of know about it know what it is from social media and yeah. you've watched it, and I watched that one scene where but you hated one of them was... like kills a girl, and I was just like, because <gasps> I wasn't, like, oh, no. I was just like getting a snack, and you had it playing in the kitchen. I was like, what am I watching? I don't have a stomach for violence on screen. Yeah, um. Right. Anyway, yeah, yeah. So the quick summary of the dynamic between them is that um, Villanelle is an assassin, highly mm-hmm. trained assassin, and Eve is a um, MI six. She, person i don't know why yeah she like is, agent yes that's yeah. the word she is investigating the killings mm, gotcha. that villanelle is doing and they get into this cat and mouse except it's not cat and mouse because eve is not helpless mm-hmm. um but this mutual chasing of each other huh and it's but such, it is fraught with tension it's so fraught with tension and uh, if i may <laughs> It's so good. <laughs> I know. It's you, such a good show. I'm, really, about I'm actually show. behind. I, I wish I up. could stand it. I, yeah. Because I know it's, it's just like good. beautiful storytelling yeah. and just oh, chef's kiss. So, Angst is a solid five. Yes. Angst is a solid five. There is no happy ending for these two, neither in the show nor fan fiction. I scoff at those that try to make them happy and domestic <gasps> and whatever the heck. Because they're always going to be, it's, it can't happen. The yeah. angst. Oh my God. Slow burn is a four. It would be a five, except for some developments in the TV show recently. Mm. So I was like, well. Mm. Mutual respect is a four. It could be a little bit more. Mm-hmm. But they're still solidly like they know what each other, what the other person is capable of. Pining is also a five. The pining is intense. And the opposites attract is about a four. They're not super opposites. I, want, I would like more of that. Mm-hmm. But enough to pique my interest. So, in total, 4.4. Wow. So, our top is, of course, Persebeth. <sighs> Something we will all strive towards so the rest of our lives. nothing still can top with Persebeth from <laughs> its glorious mountain. It's a glorious place on the pedestal of Gray's favorite enemies, friends, lovers dynamic. It is too influential. It is too influential. Hey, I want to talk about how we talked on the podcast about how they should make a TV show. Yeah, for Pers- for Percy like Jackson, the and then like the next week, week they announced, they announced they it. I think we 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 manifested that. we manifested that. Yeah, we brought that one into the world. Yeah. So you're welcome, everyone. Yeah. Um, I'm not on the writing team though for it, mm, so that's disappointing. You should be on the writing team. I that. think that one there's a little mishap up there, and whoever does something in the universe, yeah. yeah. <laughs> whoever does miracles, whoever does that, if they could. Can I submit a complaint? Is there like a? I can I hey, file I something? To on, on to... this one. Hey, I, hey, I'm supposed to be involved with this one. <laughs> Hey, you missed a step. You missed a step a little. Also not animated. Yeah, that's shocking to me that, that they're choosing to go with the live action route. Just because, I mean, they're going to... I just... The CGI required for some of it, I oh, do yeah. get a little nervy about with the TV show. Same way I kind of feel about the upcoming Avatar series, where I'm like, I just don't want it to look cheesy, and some of these effects are better suited to animation. animation yeah. So like, I just I hope they handle it well. 
They could do it. They, yeah, there's a chance to do it well. I yeah. am nervous in ways I would not be nervous if it were animated. Yeah, I agree. But either way, <sighs> the casting is gonna casting really stress gonna me out. <laughs> it's not my problem. It doesn't need to stress I know, me out. Yeah, <laughs> just cause it's really not. None of it's my responsibility. Uh, well, nice. nice. I love enemies to friends to lovers. We all do. If you don't, what's wrong with you? I mean, there's a reason why it's not so popular. Yeah. It's kind of universally appealing. We all like it. it. It, It is something that happens against the odds. And we all like underdog stories. Mm, and so it's like the whole romance is, is the underdog. Like hmm. it's the thing that's not supposed to happen. And it's, it's nice. having to fight against a bunch of stuff to happen. And we like seeing that. So I will say I don't really care about Starcross lovers, though. Well, yeah. Starcross lovers are different because it's just like the universe... Or some outside oh, yeah. force being like, you can't be together. Can't and they're together. like, but, but I want to be together. <laughs> <laughs> There's a sort of um, hopelessness. I think that's what it is. Yeah. Lack There's of a lack, agency. I was going to say lack <gasps> of agency. Exactly. Thought that comes from Starcross lovers that you don't get with mm-hmm. EFL. There's, it's, yeah, it's not common to have a Starcross lovers um, story where the characters are super proactive. Mm, yeah. Um, I feel like they tend to be a little bit more like, meh. <laughs> oh, I be with you, but I can't. And if they were more proactive, I think it might be more attractive to me. Yeah, that's fair. So, is it still romantic that they want to be there, be together when they can't? Yes. Speaking but. of proactive, star-crossed lovers. Oh. What do we have for this week, Marcy? So this week we are reading, or we did read, and are now reviewing a song of Wraiths and Ruin by Roseanne A. Brown, and uh, I'm stoked about it. For Malik, the Solstagia Festival is a chance to escape his war-stricken home and start a new life with his sisters in the prosperous desert city of Zaran. But when a vengeful spirit abducts Malik's youngest sister, Nadia, has payment into the city, Malik strikes a fatal deal. Kill Karina, crown princess of Zaran, for Nadia's freedom. But Karina has deadly aspirations of her own. Her mother, the Sultana, has been assassinated. Her court threatens mutiny, and Solstagia looms like a knife over her neck. Grief-stricken, Karina decides to resurrect her mother through an ancient magic, requiring the beating heart of a king. And she knows just how to obtain one, by offering her hand in marriage to the victor of the Solstagia competition. When Malik rigs his way into the contest, they are set on a course to destroy each other. But as attraction flares between them and ancient evil stir, will they be able to see their tasks to the death? That is A Song of Wraiths and Ruin by Roseanne A. Brown. Yes. A blink of blank and blank strikes again. <sighs> what a title. What an unfortunate title for a perfect book. Yeah, I agree with that. <laughs> if there's one criticism... It's the, title it's the title says nothing, nothing about the book. It says there's wraiths, which there are. And and ruin, ruin. things bad things happen. What's the song part though? Mm, yeah, I don't know. It just, it sounds nice. It sounds like it a sounds good beautiful. book title, but yeah, I don't like the title. The cover is beautiful. The cover is gorgeous. Yes. Um so no complaints there. Uh so that's neither here nor there pertaining to the quality of the book though. So Yeah. Um I feel like this is actually a good synopsis for once. This is a good mm-hmm. synopsis. I agree with that statement. I was like, yeah. Yeah. These, I learned things. I learned things. And I actually like feel like it represented the book well. Uh, Gray and I were describing this book to our mom and my boyfriend at dinner tonight. 
And uh, I think we should have just read the synopsis. Yeah, we were like, and then this thing is happening at the same time. (laughs) And this thing is just a way longer way of saying it. Yeah, when it did an excellent job. Yeah. So we've already alluded to it. Um, Hold on. I just want to acknowledge the Sostagia looming um, over her like a knife to her neck or whatever it was. Beautiful Beautiful. sentence. In a synopsis. Beautiful. Gorgeous. Anyway. Oh, my God. You rarely see you rarely see synopsises that have synopses that have beautiful writing. Not that yeah. you see them with bad writing necessarily. Well, but they're usually but just like, to the point. Yes. Here's what happens. That they, one was like, oh. They also usually mm. follow kind of a formula. They feel mm-hmm. formulaic. And for good reason. Yeah. But that was Chef's Kiss. <laughs> so anyway. Groob. Oh, that's me. Yeah, that's you. What did you give a song of Wraiths and Ruin for enjoyability? Five, baby. Tell me why. I enjoyed every second of this book. (laughs) Every second of this book I liked. Enjoyed everything about it. Well, I agree. I also gave it a five. I also listened to the to the audiobook Uh, and not that this is reflecting upon the book, but I will say I liked the The narrators were good. I did um kind of halvesies. I started out with the audiobook and then I finished with the Kindle. Um, and then I actually liked it so much that as I was driving back yesterday, I wanted to listen to something. I just went and listened to the last two hours of the book again. Because huh. I was like, nice. I didn't want it to be over. Aww. And I need something to listen to. Aww. So I just went and listened to it again. That's really nice. Even though I read it that morning or the day before. Aww. So it was an easy five. I feel great giving this a five for enjoyability. Like you said, I liked every second from the like opening sentences of the book through the very end i it had me i was into it the like world is beautiful oh yes that this takes place in i it is so like i don't, I don't know it's full it's lush it's got everything you wanted to have you've got fully fledged folklore this is um taken from uh west african folklore so that is incorporated into it it has these like fantastic i don't know her like like the the descriptions of places were excellent like there's this vibrant city um it's set in this like stark desert with malik being from this like what seems to be like a more lush kind of background Mm -hmm. so you've got him like contrasting like what it was like growing up versus what it's like now in the desert and um the city is you know booming or whatever and i just i really liked it from the get-go like the setting being a festival and yes. that being when everything takes place mm-hmm. and the like people being like the, the just atmosphere of it mm-hmm. is beautiful the atmosphere is really good yeah i think the festival setting adds a lot into it because there's just there's so much happening yeah all the time um every single day like and the, the book takes place over the course of like a week yeah i think it's um a week to 10 days week. something yeah. like that um pretty quick yeah it is really fast but I will say this is not actually enemies to friends to lovers. Mm. We were wrong. It's more like enemies, but also lovers, but also. <laughs> hmm. Well, this is also the first book of a duology. That is true. So I think once we zoom out, once the second book comes out, it's going to it's going to follow that we'll, path better. We'll be able to see. I don't, I don't think we, we haven't reached the end of their arc. No. Yeah. By any sure. means. So I also really enjoyed that from the get go of the book we get like the way that brown introduces the characters is so that we see their their character and who they are from the first second oh yes like from the first chapter with malik we see 
his anxieties. Oh my God. The mental illness in this book is beautiful. <laughs> Not the mental illness is beautiful, but no, the, the representation and the, the writing of mental mm-hmm. illness in this book is beautiful. And yeah. I don't mean it romanticizes in mental illness. Yes. I mean, it is the best representation in fantasy of mental illness I think I've ever read. It's close to the only representation of mental illness in fantasy I've ever read. Definitely. I think I've read like one other thing that like talked about PTSD. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. And that was about it. Anyway, you were saying about Malik. I'm sorry. I got oh, no, you're totally fine. That is a, something I wanted to talk about anyway. But I was saying I really enjoyed from the get-go. Like, I love how she starts out with we really get to, like, look into their characters. Like, we see Malik with his anxiety. Like, the first things we learn about him is that he has really bad anxiety that he has to work hard to manage and that he will do anything for his family. Oh, yes. And that he is kind and will do things for others as well. Malik is and you best. get all that in the first, like literally the first like 10 pages yeah like you have him really set up and the same thing um with karina as like her being this like independent person who is like deeply loyal to her family and like kind of struggling between not feeling good enough about herself to be able to step up into their shoes and also wanting to be her own person and also grief yes and i was gonna say that next yeah Yeah. she mind you're just we're on the same wavelength today yeah i mean we find right out the gate that her her father and sister have died and so now she's living through life with like this weight of needing to live up to them and for them and missing them and they're both very compelling characters from the like from day one or page one i should say you like they are flawed and they are relatable and they are human and it doesn't take brown anytime at all to make that apparent to us like you from the first time you read about them you're like i care about this this person yes so plus there's magic plus there's magic and there's like there's like folklore elements which i'm a sucker for i love a story i love a story that incorporates folklore i don't care where the folklore is from i want to hear about it I want to hear about your legends. I want to hear about your tales. I want to hear about weird little lullabies that have cultural significance. I want all that. You want everything and more. I want all of that. And it has this has that. So that makes me stoked about it. Yeah, for sure. So moving on. What's the next one? Balance. Balance. You don't have it right on your computer screen? No, I have it, but I did it off of uh, memory. Oh, cool. And it didn't look at We usually go in an order. Yeah. Um. So I don't know if what I wrote down is the correct order or not. Well, next one's balance. Okay, well. What'd you give it? I gave it a four. I almost want to rate it higher, though, because I truly believe every single page of this book and every line matters. Yeah, I gave it a five for okay. that reason. I might want... I don't know. I just... I I give I give this book such high ratings yeah. that I'm, I'm, I'm worried about our system accidentally getting inflated a little bit. Yeah, by giving this book such high ratings. Yes. Yeah, that is fair. It is... It's hard to let go of those fives. It's hard to let go of these fives. But I... But I truly believe every single page of this book was important. This is an exceptional novel. It's gorgeous. It's not a short novel either. It is long. She's a long one and every part of it is important. Yeah. No, I think that's a really good way of saying it is every page matters. Like everything feels carefully and intentionally chosen. Even though it is long, you don't spend the whole time being like, okay, like, but like get to the point because all of it matters and all of it is enjoyable definitely so that's why i gave it a five it's very rare almost every time we read something i say eh, there are parts i was more interested in than others and i i didn't feel that this time 
You're making a face. I'm, I I just I just, just give it a four. Give it a four. It's I'll okay. give it a four. I just it's it's better than usually. I might give. move it up. I don't know. I don't know. It's okay. That one will be a, a pending. <laughs> Reading pending. Exactly. Um. Up next is expectations or writing style. Expectations. Expectations. Um. What'd you give it? Four point five. Hmm. I maybe could have just given it a four because. I was expecting it to be phenomenal. Mm-hmm. The hype around it from people that I, mostly just like people that I follow who are yeah. reading it. Um, I went into this book expecting it to be really, really good. Wasn't expecting to be that good. It blew me away. Well, I think especially because I have a hard time connecting with fantasy. Yeah. Like you know this about me. Yeah, that's not, it's not your jam. And I have not enjoyed a fantasy with like, lush world building like this since i read six of crows when i was in mm-hmm. high school that's the only other fantasy book i have read that i was like i don't have to labor through this there's yeah. nothing of this that i don't enjoy i don't know so i gave it a 4.5 um i gave expectations i was giving it a four or was i was giving it a five and now i'm like that might be a little inflated i think maybe a four is more appropriate for yeah. expectations not that it didn't it exceeded my expectations, but I expected it to be really good. Um, this is where the good reputation of the book works against its rating because yeah. I expected it to be phenomenal because people have been talking about it being phenomenal. And like we said, the synopsis did a really dang good job. Oh, so wow, I wasn't yeah. like, not that I wasn't surprised by anything because this book has its twists and turns, but I wasn't surprised by the quality or the like realm of the content. Yeah. So, For sure. but that being said, it was a far beyond average like above average book so for that reason i'll be giving it a four next one is writing style which i gave a 4.5 this book is beautiful i think i had upwards of a hundred what are they called when you highlight highlights yeah on my copy my ebook when i was done which i don't usually do i'm pretty gratuitous about my highlighting like if i just am like oh i like that line or Ooh, that feels important i'll highlight it so to have so many, I think there was, no, I think it was basically one every three pages. <laughs> yeah. It was, at least. it was well written. It was a lot. It was, it was a lot of highlights because the writing is so beautiful. And also I will say this book, and I think part of why I enjoyed it so much in ways that I don't always enjoy mm-hmm. um, fantasy, outside of the fact that the world building is both cohesive and lush and expansive, but also easy to understand. Yeah, that is key, I think. It is not hard to to keep track of these yeah. cities and this pol- these politics, which can be a big barrier to fantasy. Yeah, that, I think that's my largest barrier with fantasy. Yeah, but the other thing and the other reason I think I enjoyed it so much was because this book had fun with itself. Yeah, it it's did. a really intense plot, but the dialogue, especially with Karina, is so it's it's witty. Yeah, she's witty. She's a witty girl. Yeah, she's and other witty. Are she's also. charming and quick and and i will also say i love that switch of the of those roles yeah Malik being tender and sweet and anxious and loving and I like love loyal and karina being like feisty willing to do whatever it takes basically which not to say that like i don't i don't i don't even like she is feisty but i don't it's not even that mm-hmm. like it's like she it's has more a than strength that. about her I don't know. I think it's an emotional strength, maybe. Mm-hmm. That is what is so compelling and what puts her character apart from just like your average YA. I am a strong 
female character. Well, she's resilient. Yeah. And she's resilient. Her resilience is earned. Do you know what I mean? Mm. She's actually, like, she's actually been through a lot with her, the death of her father and sister. And she, like, she's a fighter and not, but she's a fighter who doubts herself. Yeah. It's not like she is the typical YA heroine who is, like, a fighter or whatever, but is kind of overconfident. And she, like, the classic, like, oh, I don't know, I'm pretty. That yeah. kind of vibe. She is... Karina is genuinely a good leader and she is good at the role she's been put in, but she's unable to see it. Yeah. Yeah. I think her self-doubt, mm-hmm. there's something compelling about it. Yeah. She spends her whole arc, at least of book one, of course, because there will be another and I'm very excited Yee. about it, um, comparing herself to her older sister and being her and to her mother, um, and not thinking that she is ever, like, fit to be queen and that if she wants to be successful, she has to do things like either her sister or her mother. Um, that there is no way for her to be Karina and to do these things. And then you see, when you switch over to Malik's point of view, that the way the world is interpreting her is actually as already being good at what she does and yeah. already being competent and confident. Uh, and I think that's what makes her more compelling is that she has all of that fight in her, um, but she doesn't have anything that doesn't feel... Like, everything about her feels genuine, and she has genuine insecurities and fears and things. Um, I don't know. I agree. I like that their their little role reversal, that Malik is, he is anxious, he's kind of shy and, like, awkward. Um, he is so tender he's as so a person. Tender. Like, he's just brimming with kindness, and he is so loyal to his family, and he cares so much. This book is very intensely about it asks the question multiple times and sometimes gives you an answer of what are you willing to do to save your family? Mm-hmm. And what lengths are you willing to go to to keep the people you love safe? Yeah. And it's so heartbreaking watching Malik and Karina like being pushed on these pa- down these paths mm-hmm. to kill each other, as the synopsis says, but for basically the same reason. Yeah. That's so good. <sighs> yeah, and the thing is their reason is... Like, you can see it as being somewhat legitimate. So you spend the whole book not necessarily wanting either of them to succeed or fail because you obviously don't want either of them to be hurt because you like them both. But you also don't want either of them to be let down um, necessarily, Uh, like looking at what it is they're trying to do, you know? Yeah. So. I also think the dynamic, the, the role reversal also works especially well because I think if we only had one of their point of views, I would still love it, and I'd still think it's a beautiful yeah. book. But the added mm-hmm. switching point of view, so you do get Malik's view of Karina as uh, Sultana, who yes. is already strong. I think that is really what drives that home. Yeah. Were you going to say stuff about the mental illness stuff? Oh, just that I actually haven't given my rating for writing style yet. Oh, oopsie. <laughs> for writing, I gave this book a five. Ooh. And... As previously mentioned, I have some niche pet peeves. Oh, I did see. I did catch that they were doing those. Wait, they weren't doing those. They weren't shows. doing them. Are you serious? I'm serious. There is every now and again a little bit of the extraneous um, descriptors, mm. but I'm chalking it up to it has to maintain that slightly formal writing style that yeah. fantasy requires. Um, and it wasn't so much that it distracted me or bothered me. Honestly, I think I noticed it more just because I've said publicly that I don't like that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, that's fair. 
I felt really happy giving this book a five. Um, there's basically nothing I would change about how it was written from a macro or micro scale from like sentence to sentence. This book is beautiful from the way it moves and is orchestrated. It is beautiful. And um, it is orchestrated. That's a very good verb for that. Yes, I agree. It has multiple arcs and movements within it that so all kind of work together. Um, and... I was going to say, I think such a good example of the writing style um, being so excellent would be when she's describing Malik's anxiety um, and not just his anxiety, but the way that he has to center himself to get out of his anxiety. Yeah. Um, he has this this whole thing where he basically has to like kind of meditate on a place that he feels safe and comfortable, which was this lemon tree that he used to climb up to as a kid. And I think that the description of the lemon tree and like how he has to reach for it mentally and it's just, I just really loved it. That the way she took mental illness and she didn't romanticize it, like you said, which I really appreciate, um, but it was very real and it felt very genuine and like I just thought that she made it able to be visualized by someone who hasn't necessarily had you know like I I don't have chronic anxiety or anything um but she made me feel like I was really able to understand what it was that was going on with him in like a very raw and emotionally intelligent way and also I appreciate that it calls it what it is Mm -hmm. there's no like it's a fantasy world. They don't know what panic attacks are. You know how I feel about that. Like, I, which, like, okay, I understand why some people choose to use different whatever for it. For different it, language. Different language for words that we already have. Because, like, oh, it's a different world. But there's something so refreshing about opening a fantasy set on another Earth, essentially, that just straight up says panic attacks. Yeah. It just says... Malik had been having panic attacks for this many years. Yeah. And also the way that the book weaves magic and mental illness. Yes. Not not in a... The way... If you haven't read it, that sounds like, what are you talking about? But Malik's emotions are tied so heavily to some of the things that happen in such a moving way. And also in a way that doesn't try to say that he is wrong. Yeah. For having panic attacks. Yeah. They are not a point of strength, but they but his having to overcome it is a point of strength mm-hmm. and his ability to overcome it is a point of strength and it's not shameful. And it's presented, I think, more as a fact of life and a part of him than it is as like a thing he needs to hide. Oh, definitely. That is a wonderful way of putting it. Yeah. And I just thought that was done so well. Uh similar to that is the like exploration of Karina's grief. Oh my God! Crazy. And it's ten years removed from when her family was killed, um, but we get to experience that fresh when her mother is killed. And yes. oh my gosh, I just I personally really connected with Karina and the way that she was forced to handle things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know. I just it was I I felt seen a little bit with her. Yeah. And I just have literally zero critiques of the writing of this book. And also the way that the grief, the just how real it was, mm-hmm. the thought of like, the the hope that she could bring her, that she can bring her mom yeah. back. That fixation on 
there are moments where she's like, well, what's the point in mourning her? I'm going to get her back soon. Yeah. And uh, it's so good. Also, we haven't discussed, Karina has medical, some sort of disability. She has going chronic on. migraines. Yeah. But like not, it's like she like will faint from them yeah, at times. Know. Yeah, so she has. She's also got this thing she's fighting through, where she gets these debilitating migraines, um, and she yeah. has fainting spell spells. What? Spells. Fainting spells. Um, so even though she is portrayed as a very strong, capable character, she also has this stuff going on, and a whole slew of repressed memories that she has to Woo. uncover. Love um, that. Surrounding childhood trauma. Love that. So also her chronic. I don't even remember her her migraines and this thing is also not like. Oh, she's weak now because yeah. she has that. Like it is treated the way it is with Malik, where it is just a fact of her life, and it is not yeah. meant to be shameful. She just has to learn how to operate yeah. with it. It's not sh- meant to be shameful or hidden or a sign that she's wrong somehow. Yeah, you know, or that she's done something wrong. Like it is just life. It was just refreshing to see all of these things that a lot of people struggle with represented plain as day, without any no sort of coded it language. It's a metaphor. Yeah. Yeah in a book and not be seen as a weakness or a fault and not not even necessarily be something they have to get over. Yeah. Which I think is really interesting. Yeah. Their character arc isn't, and I don't have migraines anymore. It's, and I still have migraines, but like I also kick ass. So right, like, deal with it. Yeah. <laughs> and Malik is, yeah, I have anxiety, but I've learned how to live with it and I'm stronger for it. My anxiety is not gone. Yeah, it's not gone away. I just know how to cope. Yeah. And I'm Which is such a healthy like message to be sending to the the youths. The youths. <laughs> that will be reading this. That's a long time we spent on writing. Um, That's because it's so good. It's excellent. So what's the next category? Memorability? Memorability. Wow. I, rem- I remember the order well. <laughs> oh, we've only been doing this for 19 episodes. Oh, my so. God. Uh, memorability, I gave a 4.5. Um because I think I'll remember the majority of this book. Uh, maybe not every single detail, just because it was pretty long. There's a lot. Um, so I think that kind of docks points. But I'll be following it up for the second book. I gave it a four because I realized as we were recounting the plot to our family members at dinner tonight that I didn't remember a lot of the plot important <laughs> moments. And I was like, hey, that's not great. Yeah. Which isn't to say that I don't know how much that reflects on the book. <laughs> it's just about you. I think that might be just a little bit more about me. I will also definitely be reading the second book. And I've been thinking about it, this book nonstop since I read it. Yeah, I agree. Um, so memorability is a little bit less than yours, but still good. Believability. What did you give it? I gave it a four. I gave it a four too. Yeah. We seem to agree. Yeah. It is above average. Yeah. And in our suspension of disbelief yes but not perfect but not perfect yeah there's a couple things that happen that are a little bit too like for the most part the magic followed a good set of rules for me there's a couple things that happen where i was a little bit like okay so yeah for that reason i did dock a little bit for believability but like we said we loved the world building i loved the folklore i thought the characters were uber believable um the dialogue was spot on very sharp very entertaining so for that you know i gave things i gave it some credit so it gets a four so it's still above average they also talk like people which a lot of fantasy people people. don't talk like people which like "Eh, it's fantasy whatever but it's a pet peeve and they do talk like people yeah i appreciate that and i (laughs) i don't know i'm 
a fantasy to me is not a historical reenactment. Like it doesn't have mm, to be yeah. the same. You know, it doesn't have to be 100% realistic to the time period. It has to be enjoyable to me as a reader and feel authentic. Yeah. And authenticity does not mean accuracy necessarily. Yeah. The book has has magic. So like why does it matter if the people talk with actual like words, you know? Yeah. That's my pet peeve. I've said this pet peeve before. You know how pet I peeve. am. I get that the tone has to be a little more formal, and I think this book hits that tone very well. But other than that, so yeah, believability, good four. So my total score is a four point five eight. Wow, mine's a four point three. So that puts us at a oh, no four point four four. I did that math in my head without having to get a calculator. I totally uh-huh. could have, and the time it took me to type it in wrong Watched once, you. and then a second time, and then finally <laughs> type it in correctly. Quiet. <laughs> but I was too committed to it. Tap, tap, tap. So that is, I think, the highest we've ever rated anything. I think that is the highest we've yeah. ever rated a book. I think I've only ever given a couple fives ever, and I gave three fives today. Yeah, you gave out you gave out more fives than me. I When I say this is my perfect book, like this is exactly what, if someone was like, what kind of books do you like to read? This is what I would hand this them. This is my perfect book. This and the like Dave Abad trilogy oh, are my wow. exact taste. Wow. Exactly. I am kind of sad that I don't have a physical copy of this book. Yeah, me too. I think I'm going to buy one. I bought the audiobook, I bought the ebook, and now I kind of want to buy the I copy know, of the I have, book. I know. I have. Do I need three copies of it? No. no I do do want I it want though. it? Yes. Yeah. And what am I going to do with it? Put it on my bookshelf that doesn't put... have any space? Ugh. Yes. Take photos of it. Also, yes. Yeah, that's true. I just want to hold it in my hand. I know. And I, I just want to like, flip through the beautiful little pages. You're See that perfect. gorgeous cover. I, okay, we're going to say that I I didn't give it totally fives because of the title. <laughs> That's right. The title does lose some points. That's okay, though. The book is it's so okay. good. I, is this, this is Brown's first book. Yeah. I, this is a man, thing. dang, it's good. I know. She came out the gate. Came out the gate. Just, just on like, fire. Okay, everyone give up. That's yeah, it. Yeah, Writing's everyone, done. <laughs> everyone will stop writing. Stop it. I finished it. This is the you only can, book. You can wait for the second book, but after that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what? Okay, we're allowed to publish one more book. We don't need any more books. And it's a sequel. And then we're over it. That's how I feel we're about done. this book. Yeah, this is literally my exact taste. Like, I want every book I read to be not just like this one, obviously, but to, to be, be like this, this level one. of perfect. Mm-hmm. I know. I, when we were saying all of the things that are so great about, like every line is important. I was like, "Dang, every book should be like that, huh?" Yeah, right. It's like oof. But and it, you were like, "Oh, it's or- it's orchestrated because everything works so well together." And I was like, "Dang, I wish every book w- were doing that." Yeah, but that's they're what not. You should be doing. They're not because it's hard. It's difficult. It's so difficult, and she did it so well. She did it with such grace. It is a graceful book. Oh, it is a graceful book. <sighs> What's not graceful is Zeus scratching his little... Just ruffling around in his litter box for no apparent reason. Is he making a space to go to the bathroom or is he doing it for fun? I think he's doing it for fun. He's going around in circles a lot. He's literally just going around in circles. He's like, okay, you're not giving me attention. Oh, this is what I will do. Oh, no. He's he's going to do that thing where he sticks his head out of the litter box and makes eye contact with you while he goes to the bathroom. This is bad audio. It really is. This is a bad It's podcast. bad visual, too. This is bad everything. <laughs> anyway, that is A Song of Wraiths and Ruin by Roseanne A. Brown. We loved it. Please I'm sorry. read it. I'm so sorry it was sandwiched between conversation about Zeus. <laughs> it really was perfectly sandwiched. Um, Cut out 
basically all of this unless there's a really funny joke in there. No, it's, it, did you really just go in there to make noise? He literally just went in Are there to make noise. Are you going back in? He literally just went in there to make noise. I don't want our 14 listeners to pat pissing. No, <laughs> I'm going to cut that out. <laughs> so bad. It's very funny, but no, it's bad. So, Gray. Yes, Marcy. What well, well, what are we reading next? God. Oh, no. I actually wasn't ready. <laughs> you weren't ready. No, I'm sorry. Hold on. Next week, we will be reading The Hina Wars, which has a beautiful cover. I, very different from what we just read. Is it really? But another book I'm excited about and have heard good things about. It is, instead of this one, it's just YA Contemporary. Um, it's lesbian. We haven't read any lesbian. I know we need to read more lesbians. We need at least more. Re- I have what? so many. We need um, to read more lesbians. Yes. Books about women who like women on my TBR. I need to read more. That's just not something that ever gets presented to my like suggestions. It's just so weird. I, I can don't give know. you some. Please I do. I got so many. Please do. Because I'm thinking about how the Midnight Lie was just so. Oh my God! Yes. Anyway. The Hina Wars. So we'll be reading the Hina Wars. Yeah. We realized belatedly. We were originally going to do a competition theme because I wanted to read this one actively. And then we were like, oh, let's do Enemies, Friends, to Lovers, blah, blah, blah. Because that one will work with uh, Song of Race and Ruin. And then we found out that our original theme idea, which was competitions, would also work. Would also have worked. Because we, we didn't realize there was a competition in the Song of Race and Ruin. Even though it says it in the synopsis. We're just dumb. We're just stupid. That's all That's it the is. the problem with themes is we just guess. <sighs> And yeah. we're often wrong. We are Remember that wrong. time we read a whole pirates. book supposed to be about pirates and no pirates were present in that book? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. For tagging along. So see catch you next us, time. Catch us next time. Stay safe out there. Wear a mask. Oh my God. Please, please God, just wear a mask. Please, God. please God, just wear a mask. It's really not hard. So. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.